Welcome to Pop Culture Legends, a mini-series from Digital Dissection, a nerd podcast. Pop Culture Legends explores the spaces in between mainstream and esoteric across the world of media. There's a lot to unbox across video games, movies, TV, and comic books. We hope you enjoy the spaces in between those spaces. Today's legend explores Indiana Jones' fictional fight against the Nazis, and the real-life influences behind their obsession with ancient relics and the supernatural. While the Lucasfilm series may seem like creative fiction, several plot lines from the films are rooted in actual movements throughout Germany in the 19th and early 20th centuries. Join us as we combine history and film and how they meet in the middle. Indiana Jones became a household name in 1981, created by George Lucas of Star Wars fame. It's hard to believe that there is a world without Dr. Henry Walton, Indiana Jones Jr. But in reality, he represented an age of film that once existed during the 1930s and 40s. The films that Lucas drew inspiration from were referred to as serials. Films that would play at a movie theater for a week and require moviegoers to return each week to a new film that resolved the previous one. The content of these films explored science fiction, spy games, and particularly, jungle-themed adventures. While some elements of these films have aged out, like a damsel in distress, for example, or comically ridiculous supervillains, the Indiana Jones series pays homage to them without being too cringeworthy. George Lucas had originally crafted Indiana Jones as a means to clear his head from the overwhelming success of Star Wars. The original idea was named The Adventures of Indiana Smith. And after running into Steven Spielberg while on vacation, Lucas decided to bring the idea to his fellow filmmaker. Spielberg was not only 100% behind the idea, but likened the film to being a James Bond film without the hardware. The original film would be called Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Indiana Smith would become Indiana Jones at the insistence of Spielberg. Indiana Jones would become a college history professor embroiled in a globe-trotting race against time to stop the Nazis from obtaining the Ark of the Covenant, a relic of the Israelites that contained the two stone tablets that Moses was given containing the Ten Commandments. Jones would not only be tasked with keeping this ancient relic from the Third Reich, but would once again revisit this plot device in the series' third film, The Last Crusade. This time, however, he would have to ensure that the Holy Grail, or Jesus' cup from the Last Supper, would not fall into Nazi hands. Needless to say, Indiana Jones prevails and the balance between good and evil is maintained. What many may not have known when The Last Crusade debuted in 1989, however, is that the pursuit of supernatural relics by Adolf Hitler's Nazi Germany was not just a Hollywood story. In reality, Nazi archaeology was more than just a means to provide an opposing force to the swashbuckling antics of our favorite Marshall College professor. The truth is that the Nazis pursued many artifacts and relics as they attempted to take over Europe. The plot of Indiana Jones, while fictional, actually straddles reality in more than one way. 
The plot of Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Last Crusade lean heavily to two elements of Nazi Germany, plundering wealth, art, and treasures, but also supernatural occultism, of which we'll focus on the treasure hunting first. World War II saw Nazi forces take over large swaths of Europe, and as they did, they stole art pieces, precious metals, books, and items of religious significance. The dispossession of assets and personal equity of the Jewish people was a major component of the Holocaust. Thousands of paintings were seized during the 1930s by looting organizations that the Nazis specifically established. These arms of the Nazi party forcefully acquired and removed art they deemed inappropriate. The Last Crusade specifically references instances of these acts as Nazi forces are stationed in the fictional castle Brunwald, a location hosting many art pieces and tapestries taken by the Nazi party in Austria. Initially, aspects of these practices had been theorized as Adolf Hitler's personal vendetta against being denied admission to the Vienna Academy of Fine Arts. During Hitler's early rule, he took personal stances against modern art styles, both privately and publicly. This meant attacking the specific foundations that would be popularized by Pablo Picasso, Gino Severini, and Marcel Dukamp as a few examples. Due to Hitler's own work and preferences as an artist, this led to favoring classical artwork more in his style. Instead of experimental or avant-garde ideologies, Hitler and his party members heavily plundered and prominently featured old master artistry, artists who were fully trained by a master or guild in their styles. While this method of plundering wealth from European citizens is truly abhorrent, Numerous organizations were formed in a counter-movement to recover stolen art pieces and personal property. The Office of Strategic Services, or OSS, would form an art-looting investigation unit to track, capture, and gain knowledge from those who participated in the wide-scale looting activities. One of the most popular instances of this counter-movement is the Monuments, Fine Arts, and Archives Program, or the MFAA. This organization would come to be known as the Monuments Men, with over 400 service members helping to restore cultural property across Europe from 1943 to 1946. While the group has been dissolved for well over 75 years, their impact on history is still felt, and recovery efforts by separate commissions continue into the modern day. As we mentioned a few moments ago, this was not the only real-life Nazi influence George Lucas used to pursue in his representation of the Third Reich throughout the Indiana Jones series. In many fictional stories about World War II, and Nazi Germany in particular, a popular trope is that the party's officials were infatuated with the supernatural, or occultism. If you're a fan of pop culture, you've likely seen some depiction of the Nazis in magic, demonic influences, or belief in superhumans. These ideas have lived within the video game series Wolfenstein, and the long-running comic Hellboy, and many books on the topic. 
Just like any compelling fictional works, sometimes we end up with a mix of incredible imagination, but also truthful events mixed in. Oddly enough, the Nazi infatuation with the occult lives in this space. Initially, these rumors came out of post-war Europe, amidst some of the horrifying human experiments and the belief system of the Third Reich's leadership. The communication systems of the world in the 1940s and immediate decades was admittedly quite a bit different as news moved much slower. But these were truly horrifying and unprecedented times in human history. Adolf Hitler would actually base his inner circle's beliefs in theologies off of fringe science and parapsychology. During this time in human history, writer Guido von Liszt had written several articles and texts on the origins of Germans. This conversation led to a larger narrative of Aryan-based lineages, or those who were ancestors of a quote-unquote master race. Shortly after World War I, a group was founded in Munich called the Thule Society, an organization that focused on pure-blood citizens and Aryan nation beliefs. Its members were required to sign documents ensuring their blood declarations, that they were not of Jewish descendants. The mythology of the group involved superhumans having lived on the earth in the relative area of where Scandinavia is now located. Historians have long disavowed any of the practices that Thule members preached, as there has been no evidence to prove either the existence of Thule itself as a landmass or any Aryan race. The Thule Society, however, would find itself eventually integrated with the DAP, or German Workers' Party, the eventual platform for the National Socialist German Workers' Party, or Nazis. While it has been disputed that Hitler was ever a Thule Society member, the fact remains that the beliefs of isolationism and nationalist rhetoric lived within every aspect of both the Thule members and Hitler's Workers' Party. Regardless of the connection, Hitler maintained an interest in the origin of where Germans came from, leading to possible connections to the lost city of Atlantis, King Arthur's sword, Thor's hammer, and of course, the Holy Grail. These research efforts were all under a formal branch of the Nazi establishment, called the Ananerb. If by now you aren't bought into the fact that nationalism is a truly dangerous concept if left unchecked, the Ananerb's research convinced Hitler to invade specific areas of Europe to advance their race theory mechanics. This led to secretive missions to discover the lost race of superhumans influencing history, as Nazi scientists explored Antarctica, Tibet, and any location with rumors that they thought might advance their theories. Needless to say, the Ananerb would heavily influence George Lucas's depiction of the Nazis' pursuits of humanity's lost relics. The truth behind his films being that if Nazis could obtain powerful relics, in their quest for world domination, it would also help prove their part in being a master race. Once again, an example of fiction being far more true than many of us would have ever thought. The good news, however, is that 
if any of these relics did truly exist. Nazi scientists fabricated so much information to appease Hitler that they likely wouldn't have found them anyway. And with that, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Pop Culture Legends, a digital dissection miniseries. Be on the lookout for future episodes as we explore the relative unknown, as some of pop culture stories lie just outside mainstream periphery. If you like this short story, why not like, subscribe, and comment as part of the Digital Dissection community. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as our dynamic content on YouTube. Tell us what you think. We'd love to hear from you at digitaldissectionpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep on dissecting. And also, don't ever allow Nazis to happen again. <laughs>